0: Welcome back, Dodecadorks. We're the 12 sided guys. We have Scott as Bubbles the Kangaroo
1: Researcher. <laughs> it just keeps going.
0: <laughs> Sabrina as Jibjab the Elven Wanderer. Meh. <laughs> Jordan as Spritz the Fairy Tinkerer. Yeah, that's me. Matt as James Yuck Hyuk Bartles, the gnome entertainer. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. And me, Paul, the teller of tales, the weaver of words, the making it all up guy. <laughs> for everyone that's been with us for our Crystal Codex and Nauseous Nocturne campaigns, it's great to see you again, metaphorically speaking. For all of you joining us for the first time, now that we've more or less got our together, welcome! You're in for a treat as we begin our second full campaign. If you want to talk with people about the campaign, then go and join our Discord. The link is in the description, and we've built a great community of friends over the years. If you're looking to support us, then the easiest way is to leave a five-star rating, write a short review, and then go tell your friends who you think may be interested. Or you can browse our shop at 12sidedguys.com, and there's always the Patreon. But whatever you decide to do, we're glad that all of you are on this journey with us as we move into the next campaign in the land of Vio Severia. Anyway, if in your opinion, Simon from Captain and the Game Master is definitely not canon, then we're in agreement and this podcast is for you. It's Chorus of the Forsaken, Episode 1, a prologue.
1: Mega, mega. <laughs> this is going to be a good episode, of episodicus. <laughs>
0: oh, Captain N. But you pushed up to jump higher. Do
1: you guys remember Captain N at all? Not at all. No, I do. It was a Nintendo Power comic about <laughs> yeah, a kid you do. who gets sucked into his Nintendo games. And he's in the world of Nintendo. And they made a Saturday morning cartoon about it. And his belt buckle is an NES controller. And he's got the, um, the Nintendo Zapper. But the
0: orange one. the Yes, which we had the gray one because we're old school.
1: And he teamed up with Mega Man and Simon Belmont and Kid Icarus and... A princess that they had to make up because the video games didn't feature women <laughs> in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: it's sad but true. Uh. Welcome to Vio Severia. A land full of diverse peoples, climates, and cultures. From the alpine forests and hills of the northwest, to the lush, leafy forests of the southeast, the Green River Valley snaking through its center, and the warm coastlines to the south, Vio Severia is a land full of life, excitement, and potential. In this land, the possibilities are endless. Whether by magic or might, cunning or devotion, fame and fortune are just around the corner for those willing to put in the effort and roll the dice. Tama Griffin, the friend and Nymph, make a pact with a demon, or steal a dragon's egg. I'd like to befriend the nymph, please. (laughs) In Vio Severia, the possibilities are as endless as the ideas of the people who inhabit this amazing land. In the small town of Oak Road, really just a collection of homes and businesses lining the main road as it courses through the kingdom, potential lies in wait. Atop the hill, a crypt stands tall above the town. In its shadow rests the one inn in town, a small but warm edifice called the Bed and Barrel. And further down the road, a small temple of Lathander glows with the light of candles and torches. On this night, as has been the case for the past 13 days, a hard rain continues to pound out of the sky. Puddles turn to ponds, well water rises, and streams swell to overflow their bounds. In the small inn, the bed and barrel, folk gather for a warm meal, a dry seat, and a respite from the storm outside. Some listen to the entertainment, others toast to friends, Some even venture out of the inn and into the rain on errands of a more secret nature. On Oak Road, on this night, the potential for something of enormous import stirs. In the bed and barrel inn. Um, it is a small um, inn. It's got a tavern. It's, got this kind of, it's kind of divided into east and west side. The um, west side is just tables. It's got some tables set up for dice or for cards. It's got some people um, eating at tables as well. There is a hearth there on the west side of the building. And on the east side of the building, there is a uh, a stage with a an old beat-up piano. There is a bar with a, um, a dwarven uh, bartender sitting behind the, the counter. His name is Tubbins. You guys have already met him. You see people coming in out of the rain, pulling their cloaks off and shaking out the rain. It has been raining for years days it is cold and miserable and wet outside but in here the fire is warm the food is pretty good the drinks are strong and you can see various folk from around town are in here watching the entertainment uh as um a small figure stands on the stage um matt why don't you tell us a little bit about tom
1: Tom. (laughs) joe about bartles (laughs) yuck yuck (laughs) how about James, James. <laughs> about James Yuck, how Yuck about, Bartles? How about I tell you my character's name? How's that? That sounds like a great idea. Okay, so James Bartles is a halfling, almost three feet tall. He looks to be past middle age. He, You could tell that he used to have red hair, but a lot of it's really graying. He's in need of a haircut. It's kind of all pulled back, um, bald on top. but It's all pulled back into a kind of a mullet in the back. It doesn't look like an intentional mullet. Um, He's got a big uh, mustache that goes into mutton chops where you can really still see some of the red. Uh, And he's dressed in Jester's motley. And he's got, uh, you know, even has some face paint on with some diamonds and hearts like uh, you'd see like on playing cards. And he is up on the stage uh, juggling his uh, magical glowing juggling orbs which is just dancing lights. So he's totally cheating. (laughs) He's totally cheating. You can see that sitting there right by the stage, there is a small girl.
0: Um, uh, You have been in town for a while, so you've kind of picked up on different names of people. You know that the bartender's name is Tubbins, as I already said. You know that um, this young girl who's watching you um, perform, James, her name is Loida, and she, every night that you perform, she's watching with rapt um, attention as she's trying to figure out, like, how you're keeping all these balls in the air and also where they go when you, quote, put them away. Behind her, sitting at one of the tables um, where uh, dice games are played, sits another small figure, uh, maybe even smaller. Jordan, why don't you tell us about your character?
2: Yeah, so kind of sitting at the table, um, a drink spilled in front of him and another one that is half full now these are drinks that are probably the size of like a normal human sippy cup but still (laughs) for him for him sufficient drinks complete with the sippy lid yeah of course bartender another sippy cup please (laughs) another sippy cup uh you have spritz spritz is well he's a fairy and so he looks always childlike in his appearance But this poor fairy looks like he's seen a thing or two in his day. He's got long red hair. His uh, wings look like a butterfly wing of stained glass, almost. And he's wearing this magnificent kind of brass armor, golden in places. And he's trying to force these two cogs together into some sort of a device. But after a moment, he's like,
3: God damn it. Ah, Spritz has given up on this one. Can I have another round of drinks over here?
0: Oh, Spritz, as you call out asking for another drink, uh, a young serving man comes over and um, asks you, what'll it be?
3: Um, Spritz will take another glass of your stronger ale if he can.
0: He kind of licks you with like a, a side eye and he's like, I don't know, You've you've had a lot to drink there,
2: little fella. He, he floats up a little bit with his wings flapping quickly, and he grabs the guy by his shirt, and he says,
3: Spritz will tell you when he's had enough. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> he flutters back down into a heap, resting his, ar- his head and his arms on the table. You see the server
0: um, glance over at the dwarf behind the counter, at Tubbins, give him a side look, and Tubbins kind of nods, and the server says, all right, one more, and then I'm going to have to cut you off. And then he goes over to get your drink spritz as you are sitting there drinking, um, working on your machinery. Um, you are watching James Bartles do his performance up on the stage, but from your vantage point, you are actually watching the figure sitting at the bar. She has a uh, dark skin. She stands about four foot three stocky build um she's wearing robes of some kind um you know this to be a religious um person some kind of a a local clergy member um and what you've managed to pick up her name is ensley ironbrow and she is an awakened of Lethander the god of rebirth and of renewal that kind of thing um so you can see um uh, that she is sitting at this bar she is sipping a drink and appears to be talking with tubbins as well as some other people there um, sitting at the bar um, and spritz you know that at this point you are you're drinking you're enjoying yourself but you're also keeping an eye on ensley uh because well we'll get to that in a second um james what's the next part of your act
1: So, uh, James, uh, seeing that he really only has the attention of, uh, Lloyd, the little girl, he's going to actually walk over to her and like, he's going to put his hand behind his back and continue to juggle all five balls with one hand without looking at them. And he'll look down at the little girl and say, all right, Lloyd, it looks like I'm losing the crowd a little bit. So I'm going to put these away. Sorry. I'm going to do a little something more for the adults in the room. If that's all right with you. She kind of she claps and goes, That's okay. I like everything you do. So I'm good, uh, so he'll uh, toss them up in the air and pull open his pocket, and they're all going to just zip, 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 and all land into his pocket and disappear.
3: Ah, that's so great. I love it.
1: And then so James will stand up, um, and he'll say, Thank you, thank you, everyone. As you all know, I'm James Yuck Yuck Bartles. Let's see. I passed this way probably about uh, 30 years ago, And, uh, last time I did this routine, it really, really worked. But again, this is uh, very popular about 30 years ago or so. (laughs) You hear somebody shout out, You did the same jokes last night. Well, man. Anyway, (laughs) let me get into character. If you are a treasure chest with giant pointed fangs, and a long, slobbering tongue, you might be a mimic. (laughs) Okay. Um. If adventurers (laughs) approach you wondering what magic item type is inside you, while you wonder what blood type is inside them, you might be a mimic. (laughs) Please tell me you have one more.
3: I have three more.
0: That's amazing. Okay, regale us. (laughs) Loida is actually laughing at your jokes. You're not sure if she gets them, but you get the impression that she's, like... I mean, on these rainy days and stuff, she's been trapped inside. This is, like, all the the entertainment that she gets. Spritz is also laughing
1: maniacally at these. (laughs) If your entire diet consists of people too dumb to pass a perception check and notice, hmm, that treasure chest just licked his lips, you might be a mimic. (laughs) Um... (laughs) James, make a performance check. Oh, good. <laughs> it's a 19. 19, okay,
0: awesome. Um, Spritz, with you, as you're watching James perform and as you see Ensley sitting there at the bar, you see her turn and actually start to listen to uh, to James tell his jokes. Um, and it appears that she is listening and interested. James and Spritz, we'll get back to you in just a second. For now, we are going to go out into the rain on this... Dark night clouds are overhead. The rain is pounding on it. It's not just mist. It is drops the size of your thumbnail. These are pounding down uh, from the sky. And we have, well, I was going to say two figures, but we actually technically have three who are moving through the dark, through the, the rain and uh, up the muddy dirt path towards this uh, hilltop chapel, uh, dedicated to Kelimvor, which you would know is the, the god of death. Um, not necessarily an evil god, but um, definitely uh, a place where certain folk may be able to find what they're looking for. So up at the door, we see a figure attempting to open the door to the crypt. Scott, tell us about your character.
4: So Bubbles, but all of his friends call him Bub is a Kenku. He's um, got kind of puffy plumage. He's only about two feet and seven inches tall. He's carrying what looks to be like a long short sword, but in his hands, it, it uh, functionally is a long sword. It's really long for him. Um, wearing a shield, he's got some, some nice looking armor. Um, notably, there is the tiny skull of another kenku hanging off of his hip and it kind of jingles you know as he's like walking along and that is bubbles and standing back a little bit a little ways away from the
0: front door of this crypt we see another figure looking left and right making sure that nobody has followed them out into the night sabrina tell us about your character
5: all right so jib jab is i guess relatively tall compared to bubs Um, but Jab Jab is about five and a half feet tall, and they are an elven hermit, is how I would describe them, uh, kind of rough, overgrown hair, big, bushy eyebrows, um, kind of long locks of, like, this gray, brown, matted dirt, um, and at their side is a giant badger, um, who is kind of sniffing around and looking a little bit nervous as they're standing on this hill about to break into a crypt.
0: Bubbles. Kenku. Guy. <laughs> you are standing at the door of this crypt, and as you uh, go to uh, check the door to see if it's locked or not, looking left and right, trying to be super sneaky, you push on the door and you realize that it is not locked. You can open the door very easily and as you push it open you can see into this chapel Um, looking down the nave of this chapel you see there are pillars holding up the ceiling uh, running on the left and the right side of the building you can see that on the um, east and western walls there are these nooks that are um, built out of the of the main body of the chapel and in it there are these shelves And on the shelves, you see things like jars. You see things like maybe a little dagger. You also see skulls and femurs and phalanges and extra little bones and body parts as you enter this crypt dedicated to the God of Death. Down the center of this chapel, you can see the interspersed. There are four grates that you would know. Those are places where Bodies may be laid to rest in a less important um, position in the crypt, but people who still would like to have their bodies interred here can have them placed in these kind of pits um, in the center of the building. Um, And down at the far end, at the north end, you can see there is an altar with candles that are lit currently. Um, And you can see that on the other side of the altars, there are these um, bars that separate this part of the chapel from what looks like one solitary, larger, more important crypt um, at the very north end of this building.
5: This uh, seems suspicious. We better get in and get out quick.
4: Oh, don't bother so much. We have plenty of time.
5: I don't like it in here. Roger doesn't seem to like it at all. Look at him, he's stressing. Oh, I I don't like this.
4: I can see that. Will he make too much noise as we move through?
5: He'll be fine. You just mind your own.
0: I want you both to make history checks. And this is literally just to find out what you have managed to figure out about Oak Road while you've been here in town.
5: Uh, Jib-Jab got a 10.
0: Bub got a 21. Okay. With a 21. Um, so um, I think that jib you've been in town as long as everybody else, as long as the rest of the group, just, you know, four or five days got out of the rain you've been here um, kind of keeping warm uh, and trying to wait out this storm that just does not seem to end Um, but um, you are kind of a hermit so you do tend to not interact with people quite as much as maybe some of the other folks in your uh, your little group of four
5: people don't like badger for some reason (laughs) soft pudding that's what I say
4: (laughs) (laughs) well at least it keeps eyes off of me Um, You guys would know, Bubs. you would know,
0: um, having done some research before deciding on this night to come to this crypt to gather whatever kind of supplies you're after, um, you would know that this temple of, or this crypt of Kelimvor, uh, there's actually no priest of Kelimvor here in Oak Road. This town is pretty dang small. You hear that there used to be a priest of Kelimvor, but... Um, They either passed away or moved on. No one's quite exactly sure. But the priest of Lathander, Ensley Ironbrow, has been actually um, coming into the crypt every day to do some very basic um, rites and rituals to keep the dead at bay, to keep them restful and peaceful um, until such time as some other acolyte of Kelimvor actually comes to take over Um, handling this crypt. So right now you are in here in this crypt and the other two members of your party are trying to keep Ensley occupied for as long as they can. I'm doing a bang up job of it too. (laughs) You are
1: (laughs) cut back really quick to the bar and uh, James uh, Hyuk Hyuk Bartles is up there telling us another joke. If you've ever let out a giggle because some intrepid rogue stuck a lockpick in your belly button, you might be a mimic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um now cutting back to the, the script,
0: Bubs and um Jibjep, Jib, what are you after here in the script? What what I shouldn't say what are you after? What looks the most appealing? Is it these these grates full of remains? Is it these uh, little alcoves that have more remains that are easier to get to? Or is it that more private crypt at the north end that looks like it might be behind a locked cage?
4: Bubs is going to kneel down on the ground and pull um, a couple of bones from his back pocket. And um, the closer inspection, they look like like finger bones. And he's going to throw them on the ground and cast some bones to see what he should do.
5: Jib-Jab is going to shiver and kind of take a couple steps back. <laughs>
4: um, So Bubs is wanting to go to the farthest recesses, the ones that are, are locked, and uh, he wants to see if that's a good idea, so that's why he's throwing some bones.
0: Perfect. You cast the spell, for sure. I want you to make a perception check, and I'll give you advantage if Jib-Jab follows you into the crypt. If Jib-Jab does not follow you into the crypt, if Jib-Jab is a little too nervous, um, then you just roll it straight.
5: Oh, Jib-Jab's following. Like, Jib-Jab, like, I'm in it. I'm already here.
0: <laughs> All right. With advantage, then.
4: So, Bub's got a 16.
0: With a 16, you look in here. As you're as you're about to start casting the spell, you're standing up there by the altar and looking through the cage at the north end of this building into this other crypt, and you see this single, solitary um stone sarcophagus Um, with your perception 16 you see this sarcophagus looks incredibly important you see this sarcophagus has some sort of sprig of some vegetable or plant laid across it you also see there is a bowl set right in the middle of the sarcophagus with um, some sort of red um, spice in it, some kind of offering, and sprinkled around in a circle around the sarcophagus, you see some fresh green leaves. And with your perception of 16, now that you've noticed all that, make an arcana check Ooh. as you have cast your bones. Uh, 17 arcana. 17 arcana, okay. With your arcana check as you've cast the bones, you look at this and you expect either this is super positive like this is what you're looking for or you expect don't touch this this is like cursed beyond belief as you cast the bones about this crypt this specific sarcophagus you get the impression neither and with your arcana of 17 you can start looking at it and you understand a little bit about magic you understand a a little bit about the dead. You understand a little bit about protection from the dead and you realize this is for show. Mm. This sprinkling of green herbs, this bowl of spices, this sprig, it's for show. But you don't necessarily know why. You get the impression that the other places in the crypt, the alcoves or even the grates, are going to give you more value than this... Seemingly
4: more important correct Bubs will stand up and pat the little skull on his hip and say "Thanks for the help as always jingles and then he'll say, "Jib jab, I think that one's just for show let's uh let's open one of these grates
5: uh, okay uh-huh. let's do it do, do we want to open this one right here or should we go back to the front door
4: um let's just try this
0: one here all right you guys start working on one of the grates, trying to get it open and we are going to jump back to the tavern um quick question for spritz spritz you're watching ensley this priest of lethander um because you know that at some point she very well may go back to the crypt to do her nightly um rituals to keep the dead at bay um how much has spritz actually been drinking how much is show and how much is actually he's drunk it's it's maybe half half real half just for show okay okay i'm gonna set a low difficulty constitution
2: uh save difficulty 12 but with advantage okay thank goodness for advantage let's see how we do a 22 i got a nat 20 (laughs) on that all right oh let's go Oh my gosh! Something about
0: the sippy cup lid is just like it's trickling it into your mouth just slow <laughs> enough that your body's kind of like processing it before you can get too he much in your mouth at a time. Sippy cup
1: size, not sippy cup shape.
2: <laughs> no, it's it's canon. canon now.
0: It's canon. now. Uh,
2: it's fine. It's sippy. Cups.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, but you can see Spritz as you're watching. Ensley, she is actually clapping along and laughing at the jokes that Hyak um, Hyak is telling. Hyak uh, Hyak, tell us your big finale joke. All right.
1: Oh, yeah. If your idea of a good time is to hang out completely motionless in a dark cave full of traps, because hey, all these traps must mean there's some pretty sweet loot inside that chest, you might be a mimic. <laughs> <laughs> and with your performance check, what was it of 19? Or was that what you Yeah, had? it was a 19. With a 19, like the whole crowd in the bar actually has
0: stopped their conversations and they all clap along. You have killed it tonight. And even
1: though you've told some of these jokes already yesterday, um. Oh, no, the mimic jokes are all fresh because I knew that I needed to distract the whole room. Oh, gotcha. Okay, okay, perfect. Well, they, like, somebody else out. Just do the mimic jokes next time. <laughs> We're tired of the juggling. I do more than just juggle. <laughs> Loida is clapping along and laughing
0: so hard, even though you think that she's kind of gotten caught up in the group. You know how little kids do. They get caught up with the laughter of the group. Yeah, but she's just so cute and sweet. Um, As you look across, you can see that Ensley is smiling and laughing. And then you can see also, you know, there's some other people here in the bar. You see a lot of just families are here um, uh, eating their dinner. You see a couple of like uh, um, older folk are drinking. And you see it at the table right across from the stage. You can see there is a finely dressed man uh, who is sitting there. And as you kind of take your bow and make eye contact with him, he kind of raises his cup to you. Um, he's definitely dressed nicer than everybody else here in the uh, in the town uh, you have not seen him here before and sitting across from him at the table you see this large dragonborn wearing like a studded leather armor uh, with a sword at his hip definitely looks like um, like he can handle himself in a fight and you assume that he must be maybe the guard or the servant of the well-dressed man with the uh, slick back gray hair and the um, magnum pi mustache <laughs> <laughs> And the
1: Magnum PI shorts. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I realize there is a new Magnum PI show, so they might not get the reference. But it was Tom Selleck, tiny shorts, Detroit Tigers baseball cap, and a big old mustache. All
0: right. As you are performing here, I'm not going to make anyone make a perception check. James, Spritz, Bubbles. Bubbles jib jab you all hear this at the same time it's extra loud for jib jab and bubbles but suddenly you hear this horrendous kind of crashing sound it sounds like giant boulders are tumbling down and hitting against each other bangs and booms and this swishing sound of dirt and mud just sliding down the hill and as that noise starts to lessen People from the tavern are standing up and they're saying, It sounds like it's coming from up the hill. Bubs and Jib Jab, you are inside of this crypt and you definitely know the sound is coming from right outside. Why don't you make survival or nature check? And everybody else can make them with disadvantage, but not bubs and Jibjab.
1: Jab. Uh, bubs got a nineteen.
5: Jibjab got a twenty-two.
1: James, yuck, yuck! Bartles got a four with disadvantage, and Spritz got a seven with disadvantage.
2: Okay, Bub and Jib Jab. I'll say Bub instantly.
0: You recognize there was a landslide, whereas Jib Jab, I mean, with your twenty-two, you don't notice anything more. But I'd say that Jib Jab, uh, your your thought is, you're surprised this didn't happen earlier. With the amount of rain that has been hitting this small town uh and the fact that this crypt is up on a hill you're surprised that um, part of the hillside is not washed away yet just in your walking around the town and observing the types of rock and the the amount of clay and sand in the soil um you knew that um eventually a landslide was going to happen some kind of a rock slide would happen and it sounds like it just did
1: you probably also knew that all this rain coming down the hill full of dead bodies down into the town probably completely poisoning all their sources of drinking water.
5: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Jab will just sort of look over at uh, Badger and they'll uh, nod their head at them knowingly. We know what's up.
0: All right, um, people from the inn start rushing out. Um, I'll say, Bubs and uh, and Jib Jab, you would know just from the amount of sound that your cover here is probably going to be blown if you're still in the chapel, because people are going to come out to investigate what's going on.
4: Were we able to get into this first grade or not?
0: Uh, why don't you guys? Why don't you make either thieves' tools or some kind of a sleight of hand or just a strength check? <laughs> And you can do... It's every one you decide to do. Just do it with advantage because uh, you guys are helping each other. All right, jab. you can roll it. I'm not proficient in
4: any of those things.
5: Uh, what is what is these tools? I guess I don't have any. But, uh, it would be like
4: sleight of hand. I have a plus two on strength, but that's... Yeah, I, I don't...
5: Okay, I have a plus three of sleight of hand, so we'll try that. Okay. All right, so that is nice. A 22 with advantage.
4: Oh, wow, Nice.
0: Okay, yeah, so you managed to get it open. So you can have, I mean, you can grab basically whatever it is in there you want. You can see there are skulls, there are femurs, you can see that there are phalanges, which is like your finger bones. You see a couple of them that still have like rings on them. Um, You can see scraps of of clothing. So what is it you're actually looking to grab? Grab a pelvis,
1: those things are cool.
5: Mother of God, this is not right.
1: Yeah, you should (laughs) grab a coccyx.
5: (laughs) What are we looking for, bird boy?
4: Bubs will um reach in and grab a handful of of phalanges and all the rings and stuff and put it in the same pouch where he got um his other finger bones from. Nice. Okay, very cool. For now this
0: is all I can all I can handle. Uh we'll say you set the grate back in place and it looks like it's been untouched. Um as you guys hustle back out of the crypt. Um just as you see people coming up the hill carrying lanterns and torches. And um, you can see we have Spritz and James have come as well because they're following Ensley, the um, the cleric of Leander, the person they were supposed to be watching and keeping distracted. But apparently, with uh, you know a a, a landslide, uh, there's a, there's something more important than great mimic jokes.
1: As actually, as we're going up there, James is trying to kind of calm the crowd, be like, well. Looks like I really brought the house down. Am I right? Am I right, everyone? Am I right? <laughs> Now's
0: not the time, James. Not the time. <laughs> All right. You guys hustle up there. You can see that people from the tavern have come out as well. You see Tubbins, the barkeep, has come out. Um, you see that that, um, that well-dressed man and his uh, dragonborn servant have come out as well to kind of investigate and see what's going on. Even Loyda, the young girl, has come out to see um, what has happened. It looks like as you guys are... Are standing out there looking at the crypt. It looks like the rock slide happened on the northeast side of the building, um, and um, Ensley is walking. Oh, oh no! This this isn't good. I better figure out what's going on. Oh, I forgot to say Ensley's joke. Say now. No, it's not. It's not. It, it's it's situational.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it would be even funnier in the fall. Okay, here we go.
0: She's like, ah, oh, this isn't what I signed up for. I'm supposed to be up to my elbows in placentas all day, not investigating landslides. It's terrible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke? <laughs> okay,
0: so she's the priestess of Lathander who's like rebirth. She's like a midwife. So I, I, I imagine she's not, um, she's not the midwife, but she helps out. She's there at a lot of the births and things. Sorry, terrible joke. Everybody, I wanted to tell that joke, and it didn't fit in anywhere else, so here we go. Um, So she goes (laughs) around the side of the building and starts to kind of see what's going on with the building. Anybody else who wants to go and investigate with her can. You see people starting to move around. Um, At one point, uh, James, as you're kind of walking up, that well-dressed man stands up next to you, and he's like, hey, I I really enjoyed your jokes. Uh, uh, They're great. You ever think of taking your show on the road? I mean, I could maybe help to... uh, Advertise for you, get you some better gigs than this place. Well, that'd be wonderful. I live on the road. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, your your jokes are good enough. Your 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 performances are great enough that, I mean, maybe you wouldn't have to. And then he shakes his hand. He says, "I'm Peter."
1: Well, my name's James Bartles. Oh, hey, sweetheart, over there. Stay away. This this place could still be really unstable. It's best you stay over there next to tubbins Okay. You
0: see that Loida has gone around and she's kind of looking down. You kind of see her looking at, um, at where the rocks have slid down. Ensley is way down there already as you guys are all kind of following her. Um, you hear Loida kind of mouth, oh, a cave! Ensley steps up towards where the rocks have fallen. Anybody who's going to follow her, they can see that underneath the crypt part of the foundation has washed away and fallen, and you can see that going in underneath the crypt on this north side bubs and uh jib jab you would recognize this cave that has been unearthed underneath the crypt actually would go underneath where that special room was where you saw the sarcophagus where that bubs recognized was all for show there's a cave under there and it's dark inside ensley is looking at it right now she turns around and kind of holds her hands up she says hey everybody away 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 this this place isn't safe right now so i need you I need to figure out what to do, but um, I need everyone to go away. Just just move along, move along.
1: No, um, oh, it's all right. We're, we're actually experienced in this kind of thing. While I do that, I'm going to cast my spell Flattery on her. So she needs to make a... Oh, it's a wisdom save. A DC 13 wisdom save, or be charmed by me. All right, let's see if she can make it. Uh, she will a natural 17.
0: Well, crap. <laughs> she says... I, I, I appreciate that you may have seen things like this before, but this is a, this is a temple to uh, Kelimvor. Uh, there's more than likely maybe unsavory things down there. So I'm going to do some, some of my God's powers, try to seal this up and try to protect the town until we can figure out what to do tomorrow morning. So how about everyone just heads back, heads back home, heads back to the inn, uh, wherever you are, and I'm going to make sure that this stays safe. Okay.
5: Well, she's talking with James. I think Jab would uh, try to direct Badger to go into the cave and just kind of see if they could
0: find anything in there. have Badger, who is a giant Badger, which means isn't he like a medium-sized creature? Yes. Okay, have Badger make a stealth check.
5: Oh, man. Okay. Well, that is a five.
0: So, not great. <laughs> <laughs> Enzy turns around, ah, giant badger! And then she's going to, like, attempt to cast a spell at it. You want to stop her, I'm sure, jab. Badger, don't. He's, he's,
5: he's just doing his thing. just it's fine. Come on, badger, let's go.
0: Yeah, badger, I'm sorry. This, is, this hole's not for you. You need to go find your own den. Uh, this place might not be very safe. Um, I want everyone to make perception
1: checks. James Bartles rolled a 12. Bub's got a 5
5: jib jab got
1: a 14 and spritz got a six
0: i'll say jib jab you notice this um well-dressed man with the slick back gray hair and the tom like mustache named peter named peter yes peter the merchant um as well as his dragonborn servant uh slash bodyguard um you see that peter is standing there and he's looking at the cave and he starts stroking his mustache And he looks over and whispers something to his bodyguard, who then gives a little, "Hmm." and then the two of them turn around and walk away. Uh, I will say that James Hyuk-Hyuk Bartles, as you are uh, looking around uh, the area, all these people who come to look at this landslide, you look over and you see Loida, this young girl who was so intent on your performance You see her eyes are big and she's looking in at this cave and um, she seems a little bit lost in thought. And then she kind of shakes her head and she starts uh, moving back down the hill towards town and you do notice her turn around and give one last glance. Not at you and not at Ensley, not at anyone standing here, but back at the cave. And then she goes back down towards town. Ensley is now shooing all four of you away who are still hanging out here. Um, Bubs and Jib jab, spritz, and uh, and yuck yuck. She's saying, All right, go on. You guys go back to your inn.
1: Well, if you think your placenta powers are powerful <laughs> enough to seal up some crazy cave, then by all means, I could use a drink.
5: <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw it, but uh, that, that guy had some slicked back hair. He looked like he could be a
1: real piece of oh no, <laughs> he's probably he's gonna be my new agent. He said so. <laughs> yeah,
5: his, his hair was slicked back real good. That
1: was my hair, <laughs> What hair. <laughs> <laughs> what hair do I have left? <laughs> <laughs> oh my
5: gosh. Ugh. I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't. I don't trust him.
0: You guys are still getting pounded down, like with the rain. It's still pouring down rain. Everyone's hair is kind of plastered to their head, or their feathers are all, you know, glossy and, and shiny at this point. It is super miserable. I'll say that as you guys kind of start moving back down the hill and are having this conversation, Enzy kneels down. She starts praying. She has she pulls out some kind of holy symbol. She starts um, kind of waving it in the air, and then uh, you guys are down past the crypt and are back down into town. But one last thing, I want everyone to do who looked back at Enzy. I want each of you to make a religion check, please. James
1: rolled a nine. Bob got a nat twenty for uh, twenty four. Ooh. Doobie got a nat one for a uh,
5: three.
1: <laughs> Spritz got a 15.
0: Okay, I'd say Spritz with your 15. It looks like she's trying to summon powers of her deity to seal something up. You do see a little bit of um, just kind of an aura kind of come around her. So she is definitely using magic, casting some kind of a spell. But you recognize right away that Lathander, her, her connection to this deity, um, is not going to be strong enough to necessarily seal up any kind of a cave right it's going to be um a band-aid on a um on a gunshot wound basically um and so um you would recognize bub that her efforts are not necessarily going to keep anything at bay it might be an alarm at best you guys all move back down the hill back towards the um the bed and barrel as you gather back together i imagine you guys all have rooms i don't know if you want to share rooms or not but you guys have been traveling together for uh, a few weeks at least um do you guys want to talk about anything
5: there's no way i'm staying in a room i'm definitely staying out by the stables kind of behind the
1: barn okay but still undercover and the rest of us are tiny so we probably all fit in one bed a twin size <laughs> that's you guys are all so <laughs> tiny We don't even need a twin size. All right, do you guys want to talk about anything before you guys kind of end end your night? (laughs) We're in a twin bed, like, hey, Spritz, come on closer. You're so far over in the bed, I can barely hear you.
0: I imagine it's like the grandparents on Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory.
4: (laughs) I haven't moved in 20 years. I think Spritz could probably fit in between our feet. And, like, not touch either of us if we're, like, laying end to end. Uh, (laughs) Even the badger is bigger than all of you guys. That's hilarious.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You know, Jimmy,
1: your set's getting real good, bud. Real, real good. Well, thank you. Yeah, I haven't used that one for a while. It was very, very popular. Like I said, 30 years ago, with a very specific kind of town. Very blue collar, you know.
3: Yeah, well, you had me in stitches. Well, thank you.
4: Uh... Bub is organizing the finger bones from the pouch and taking the new ones he added out, and saying, "Sorry, jingles, I didn't mean to give you extra company in there." And then he's gonna take those bones and put the the new bones into his backpack and not in that little pouch.
1: Can you not do that on the bed?
4: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll sit over here, and Bub will get out of the bed fully, you know, just in his underpants, and he'll walk over to the table. Can't even reach it, so he just sits on the ground below the table. (laughs) Nice.
1: They sure don't make these rooms for us little guys. Then are you guys all going to bed?
4: You know it. Yeah. Don't you think that we should go back there in the night?
1: Why would we do that? Did you get what you came for? I mean, you you got some new bones, you said.
4: No, that's not what I was after. We need to go in that tunnel. You think? Why? I just trust me.
1: Well, okay, I mean, I got some tricks up my sleeve, and I will uh, pull out a deck of cards and do some close-up magic. <laughs> 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 that's actually what I renamed Prestidigitation.
3: Oh my god, that's so, that's <laughs> pretty
1: so great. funny. So I was thinking of like adding a a hook, like a phrase I say after every joke, like um, I don't know. Get her done. What do you think?
3: (laughs) I mean, I guess that could work. I I think you should do something a little more bold, a little more brash. Like, get wrecked, bitches.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you think I should swear more?
4: (laughs) No, no, no.
3: Yeah, you know, gotta kind of make it a little bit more adult. That's all I'm saying,
4: man. You need to hand out signs and say something like, here's a sign for you. Something like that.
3: <laughs> ah, what? Yeah, like flip him the bird and say, "Here's your sign, bitch."
4: No, like,
1: yes, yeah, that sounds better. <laughs> what if I, what if I take some kind of a gourd, like maybe like a a sweet gourd that's um, uh, you know, red flash, green skin, all that, and I smash it with a sledgehammer and I say. <laughs> Take that, you bitches! <laughs> <laughs> what is Jim Jeb doing? As these guys are just being idiots.
5: I think Jim Jeff is going to be um, trying to get a good visual on the uh, exits of the, like the lodge, uh, to make sure that the slicked back hair guy does not um, come out and do anything untrustworthy.
0: So you guys are gonna try to go back into that cave, huh?
5: I mean, I think we got
0: to go in. Yeah. Um, awesome. Okay. Um, how long are you guys going to wait before you go back to the crypt? Could I tell how long her spell was going to be cast? Um, it, it looks like, I mean, with your religion check, it looks like it was some kind of like a, just kind of a warning spell. The spell might last 24 hours, but it's not going to protect anything from
1: that, that hole.
5: Right, but we might set it off.
1: So. True. That is true. Um, but how long are you guys going to wait? Unless we had a giant badger that could maybe dig a hole underneath the entrance or beside the entrance. Mm-hmm. You
5: try. Uh, he's he's not very sneaky. I don't know if you
1: noticed that. No, he's kind of like this big, clumsy ball of fluff. i side noticed. <laughs> You're being really insulting. I'm just still kind of frustrated that you never let me ride him.
4: <laughs> we could all three fit on him at the same time. Hmm. That sounds nice.
5: Jim's <laughs> kind of sweating as He's getting so upset.
3: <laughs> Bob, you're creeping me out again.
4: <laughs> sorry, sorry. Is it my brother's skull or <laughs> casting the bones?
1: As he's licking one of the finger bones.
4: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh my Sometimes God. there's marrow left in there. Just- <laughs> <laughs> as you guys, um, I'm sneak end up comedian.
1: As you guys uh, start
0: making your way out of the tavern, I'd say you guys would know to wait at least like an hour or two just to give everyone time to kind of move away and settle. You guys start to move down into the common room of the inn. You can see that it's pretty much empty at this hour. Tubbins is like cleaning some glasses back behind the the counter. And you can see that Peter the Merchant, as well as his uh, dragonborn bodyguard, are just sitting up. They're just sipping on, it looks like some kind of a, a tea or something uh just chatting uh and uh, they're pretty much the only ones left in the common room as suddenly you all come down the stairs into the common room and in through the front door bursts Ensley this dwarven uh priest of Lathander comes rushing in She's like, help! We need, we need help. Somebody's, some, something's broken the, the boundary. Something's something's past my, my barrier. I think, I think it's the girl. I think it's that young girl who was in here earlier.
1: That was like a little kid, though. Yeah, your magic must have been pretty weak sauce. A, I, Sorry, I, I'm in humor mode because, you know, stand-up comedian and all. <laughs> it was the little girl, you say? Loida?
0: Loida, the little girl that was in here earlier, yes.
1: That's no place for a child. Aren't there rules against loitering? <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Why don't you leave the comedy to the professionals?
3: Maybe next time you should use that, you bitch.
1: <laughs> 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 <speaking> 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 <speaking>
0: Ensley looks at you all like aghast. Like, what is going on? we're going to go down there. We're going, we're going. You you see Peter Peter the Merchant, as well as uh, his guard, uh, who, his name is Norton, Norton the Brass. Um, He he stands up and says, we'll help, we'll help. And then he starts heading out the door and heading up towards the crypt.
5: Jib-Jab's going to run after him. Yeah, I'm following. after him.
0: Yeah, so will Spritz. Everybody starts moving up the hill. We have Jib-Jab and Bub and Badger and Spritz and yuck yuck and peter and norton as well as the uh the dwarf priest ensley as you all come up to this hole that's been um revealed underneath the chapel ensley says it's dark in there and then peter says don't worry i've got a i got a lantern
1: and peter lights up a lantern uh to illuminate the area and i'll throw out my juggling balls and they all stay in the air and are lit up as well okay so then what I need to know as the DM is, what is the marching order? Definitely not
0: me
2: first. Spritz could go first.
5: Yeah, Jab also doesn't mind going in front
1: with uh, Badger.
4: And I can take up the rear.
1: Okay, I'll be protected in the middle.
4: Like a Hyuk-Yuk sandwich. <laughs> okay, so we've
0: got Spritz and Jab and Badger are in the front. And then we've got Hyuk-Yuk and Bubs bringing up the rear. There are a lot of people moving into this crypt. As you guys start moving into this cave underneath the crypt, you can see that it is—it's not an actual cave. It's actually some kind of a. Well, you see that part of it was wall that has washed away, but you step out into this um, this small chamber, like ten feet by ten feet. You can see that going up, there is a spiral staircase that leads up to the room above. And Bub and Jib Jab, you would recognize that that spiral staircase goes right up underneath that sarcophagus, that fake one, that one that was all for show. There's a staircase that goes up there and you realize there's probably some kind of a secret entrance to get down here because the spiral staircase from where you're standing continues down deep under the earth.
4: As you- so it
5: wasn't so much for show after all, huh?
4: I'll have to talk to my brother about that He gave me bad advice Well that sarcophagus itself Was just for show
0: That sounds like a
1: technicality (laughs) What level was that spell?
4: Uh, It was level two.
1: Okay. Well, you know, you get what you get at level two. (laughs)
0: That's fine. (laughs) All right. Um, As you move down the stairs, you uh, uh, go down uh, quite a ways, probably 30 or 40 feet under the earth. And then you come out into this chamber. It is relatively large. It's probably about 60 feet across um, square, but there are these alcoves, these niches that are cut out of the sides of the room and again you see that there are these slots where skulls and femurs and um and uh you know hip bones that kind of thing ribs are put in these slots this area seems old you realize too jib jeb and bubs this area is definitely deeper than those pits where uh that were underneath the grates where they would put bodies that you broke into before this is below that this is an older portion of the temple. As you all come in here, uh, the spiral staircase, you can see that to the east there is a door uh, that goes further into this crypt, this burial chamber. Uh, You also see that covering the ground from floor to ceiling is spiderwebs.
1: Stand back, everyone. I can burn these spiderwebs away. Okay. So why don't you go ahead and roll initiative. Oh, jeez. Everybody. Oh, no. James got a 16. Spritz got a 10.
5: Jib-Jab got a 19.
1: Bub got an 11. We're going to
0: start at the top with the fastest initiative. We have Jib-Jab. Jib-Jab, as you are standing there at the bottom of these stairs and surrounded by spider webs, you see motion um, at the left and the right. And you can see uh, that there are these giant spiders coming towards you. These, these spiders are bigger than wolves. There are these, um, well... Wolves, they're giant wolf spiders. <laughs> they are coming towards you. Um, but Jib Jab, you get the drop on them. You get to make the first move. It also seems like maybe they were not expecting people to come wandering in here. Uh, they seem a little bit slow. Their initiative was a two. So go ahead, Jib Jab, you're up.
5: All right, Jib Jab is going to grab out their bow and uh, shoot at the spider closest to the priestess. Okay. And that is going to be a 10 to hit.
0: That is going to miss. Oh, my gosh. Okay.
5: Yeah. No, that's. I think that's just what I, what
0: I can do.
1: Yeah. There you go. Level three. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that brings us now to Peter, the merchant. He's got his uh, lantern in one hand kind of lighting up the room. He pulls out a short sword, um, and he's going to look at Norton, his bodyguard, and he's going to say... Do what you do best, and he's going to give the help action to Norton, who now is going to have advantage on his attacks when it's his turn. But that brings us now to Yuck Yuck.
1: All right, there's a grouping of two spiders to the north that are kind of closer together, and he's going to reach into his uh, pouch and he's going to pull out a stink bomb. <laughs> um, and they need so they need to make a DC 13 strength saving throw, or they'll take 11 necrotic damage. How many are hit by this? Just two. It's a 10 foot radius. Okay. Uh, do they take half damage if they fail? They take half damage if they fail. So 11 damage, half on fail. And if they fail, they also can't take reactions. Okay. So
0: uh, there are basically two in the north and two in the south. Um, the one that's further west up on the north ends up saving and takes half damage. The one that Jib Jab took some shots at is destroyed. Oh, nice. With 11 damage, this spider curls up, its legs curl, curl up underneath, it and it falls to the ground, dead. All right.
1: That was a powerful stink bomb, nice.
0: Yeah. And now it's Ensley's turn. Ensley is going to um, uh, look at you,
1: Jib Jab, and uh, Hyuk-Hyuk. Oh my gosh, these names. <laughs> He's going to look at you, Jibjab, and hyuk You can call Huk- me H- James. Yuck when I'm performing. <laughs> <laughs> Jib, Jab and James, she
0: looks at you and she says, thank you so much. And then she turns towards that other spider at the north. The one that's already been hit and is going to cast a spell. Uh, Sacred Flame. The spider ends up making its save and Sacred Flame goes wide. Um, that now brings us to Norton, the Dragonborn. Norton is going to step down towards one of these spiders on the south side. He's going to take a swing at this spider. And that is going to be... A whopping seven to hit, which is going to miss. (laughs) So Norton is now
4: engaged with one of these spiders, but manages to miss, and that will bring us now to Bub. Bub will um, go and engage that same one that Norton just missed, and he'll pull out his longsword, and he'll try to strike at it with his longsword. Perfect. A 13 to hit. That'll hit. For nine
0: slashing damage. Nine slashing damage. This spider looks incredibly hurt with that.
4: Uh, do, I, do I channel divinity? Uh, I'll save it. I'll, I'll save it. Okay. Yeah, that'll be my turn.
0: Okay, Spritz, it's your turn. You're, you are closer to these two spiders on the south.
2: Yeah, I'm actually also going to go down to that one that Bubbles and the other guy, what's his name? What was his Norton. name again? Norton. Norton. Norton, that's right. And Spritz is going to dash in there and say why you son of a and he's going to start you know spewing out a string <laughs> of a whole litany of swear words and he's going to go ahead and punch this thing with his thunder gauntlets because why not Oh nice so a 15 to hit that'll hit yeah seven thunder damage and just like
0: that this spider also curls up dead
1: I like to think it's like the shockers. No, not the shockers. <laughs> <Huh. laughs> wow! From uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming, the guy with the big shock gauntlet thing.
0: Oh yeah. All right, jib jab. A spider is rushing towards you. Spritz. A spider is rushing towards you. Jib jab. This spider here from the north is coming right at you. Gets a plus three to this attack roll. That's a sixteen. Does that hit you?
5: That will hit me.
0: Okay, I'm gonna deal four damage.
5: Oh. And
0: I need you to make a Constitution saving throw.
5: All right, that is a
0: 12. Okay, you save. Uh, Difficulty was 11, but you still take two points of poison damage. Okay, Spritz, an attack is coming your way. How does the seven sound?
2: That does nothing.
0: Okay. Now at the top of the round, as you guys entered in here, you guys, um, it looks like the door on the west side of this room um, that leads further into the crypt, it looked like it was closed. But it turns out it was just slightly ajar. It had been pulled closed, but not actually
1: locked or latched. And... Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. When is the door not a door? Huh oh my God. Get out.
5: Also, just Badger <laughs> going to take an attack against one of these spiders? Oh, yeah.
1: Badger gets to go. Yeah.
5: He wants to kill the hell out of one of these spiders. <laughs> okay. Uh, 13 to hit?
0: 13 will hit. Yes.
5: Okay. And then the second one is a 10 to hit.
0: Uh, only the 13 will hit.
5: Okay, thirteen
0: does three damage. Three damage. All right, that spider is hurtin', but now at the top of the next round, suddenly that door bursts open and a figure steps into the room and has entered the fight. They are tall, um, man-sized, wearing bits and pieces of armor. There's holes in the armor or in the clothing. You can see white and yellowed bone as a skeleton comes further into this room from deeper in the crypt and you can see behind this skeleton that there are at least four more and he has now entered the combat but don't worry it's not his turn yet it is actually jib jab's turn jib jab you've got this one spider on you that has attacked you dealt some poison damage it is right next to you all up in your grill
5: all right i'm going to tell badger hey you worry about the spider And I am going to uh, take a shot at the uh, skeleton in the doorway for a 20 to hit.
0: That will hit, yeah.
5: Which does a whopping seven damage.
0: Okay, very nice. All right, what's Badger gonna do?
5: Uh, So Badger will go at the spider again, um, and that is a seven and a 13.
0: The 13 will barely hit, yes
5: he is going to
0: scratch for one damage. One damage. This spider is even closer to being almost dead. (laughs) He's doing Um,
5: his best, okay? (laughs)
0: You know what? The spider um, is down to one hit point left. That brings us now to Peter the Merchant. Peter the Merchant is going, is seeing these skeletons, gets a little bit frazzled, but he's going to step up next to Spritz. And there is the spider that attacks at Spritz, but missed. Um, That spider is untouched. He is going to attempt to attack it. That is going to be an 18 to hit, which is going to hit. With his short sword, he deals... Oh, actually, that's max damage. He deals 8 damage to this spider. Nice. Yes. All right. And yay, capitalism. And now it is
1: um, James's <laughs> turn. <laughs> um, okay, so honestly, I wanted to use some more of my fun-named spells, but honestly, you've positioned these guys perfect, so if I throw another stink bomb right here, it should hit a skeleton and both spiders. So I'm going to do that. Okay. DC 13 strength save. DC 13 strength save. We're going to make three saves. We got skeleton, spider, spider. They all save. They all take half damage. Okay, so that was an eight, so they all take four damage. It's necrotic, though, so I don't know about the skeletons. Oh, I think the skeleton... Yeah, let me check. I think that might be one of those weird
0: ones. <laughs> Okay, behind the scene, um, not immune to necrotic damage, not even resistant to necrotic damage, only immune to poison damage. So take some damage. And then each of these spiders ends up taking four damage. So the one that Badger has been clawing at and trying to kill, it curls up and dies. And then the one that, um, oh gosh, actually the one that Peter hit also dies. The spiders are now all dead as the skeletons prepare to enter the room. That brings us to Ensley. Ensley Ironbrow. She misses with her sacred flame, and it is now the skeleton's turn as these skeletons move into the room. Five, ten, fifth, actually five, ten feet. The skeleton that is um, injured, that was standing in the doorway, rushes towards Ensley. Another one comes rushing in and is standing right right in front of Badger, um, but is also in line with Peter, as well as Jibjab you see another skeleton come right inside the doorway, and you see two more stack up right behind it, ready to come into this room. And we have some attacks coming. Um, The skeleton is going to attack at Ensley, the first one, and that is going to be uh, 17 to hit. That is going to hit, and that is going to be 5 damage to Ensley. And then she is looking very hurt. And then the second skeleton is going to attack at Badger. Badger has an attack coming from this skeleton which is going to be with a short sword it's going to be only a six and that's going to miss.
5: Good job, Badger.
0: Moving on to Norton. It is now Norton the Dragonborn's turn. He is going to move up and start to fight the skeleton that is moving into the room that's still kind of standing in the doorway. And with his attack he is going to roll a 16. Oh, actually it's a 17. and That is going to hit which is going to be eight damage to this skeleton in the doorway. And, Bub, you're standing kind of back towards um, kind of the eastern wall of this uh, first room, almost as far away from the skeletons as you can get. Uh, What is your
4: move? Bub is going to walk out just past Spritz to the south of the room, and he's going to reach to his hip and pull out the skull of his little brother, and he's going to say jingles warn them of the destruction that awaits and he's going to cast turn undead every undead creature they can hear his voice must make a dc 13 wisdom save or run away from me oh my goodness
0: um actually it looks like um three of them fail the only one that has not been turned is actually not even in the room yet but um what happens to them they have to make a
4: move right away um, it doesn't say right away, but for one minute, they have to use their turn to flee from me. The ability ends if they take damage. If they can't move away from me, they, they can take the dodge action. Okay. Bub is going to throw his, his little brother's skull out towards that other skeleton, and Jingle's tiny skull is going to float in the air and blast a ray of force at that skeleton for a 17 to hit uh that'll hit yeah for sure dealing eight force damage wow okay big hit it's a spiritual weapon and that's that's my turn spritz you are up you can
0: see that skeletons have entered the room and yet they don't seem to be that dangerous at this point they all seem to be turning around and rushing back out the door they had just come in
2: uh, Spritz is going to like be screaming at the top of his lungs, r- darting in between people's legs. And he's actually going to move through up here to the northern part of the room near where Ensley is to attack the skeleton that she is attacking. And as he gets there, he's going to take his bonus action to kind of bang this green emerald that's in his chest and activate his defensive field which will give him three temp hp nice just to be on the safe side and then he'll go ahead and swing at this guy with his thunder gauntlet okay for a 20 to hit that'll hit i said that there were four that
0: made the check but there were actually five and this one that was attacking ensley also made
2: it safe just a heads up so it's not turned yeah got it okay cool uh that's eight thunder damage now, one thing with that Guardian Gauntlet, um, Guardian Armor Thunder Gauntlet, it says a creature hit by the gauntlet has disadvantage on attack rolls against targets other than you until the start of your next turn. Well, this creature definitely has disadvantage because when you punch it, it falls apart and
0: blasts back and into pieces. Oh, nice! You destroy this skeleton.
3: Get wrecked!
0: <laughs> <The> bitches! <laughs> All, right. All right, is that your turn then? Yeah, that's it. Okay, perfect. All right, Jib Jab. There is a skeleton that is close to you and to Badger, but it looks like it is turning around to run. Actually, it's actually no, it's not turning around to run away from you. It's actually looking to run away from Bub, who is actually on the other side of you. It's actually looking to run towards you. Um, what are you going to do? As it is now your turn.
5: I am actually not going to worry about that. Like, I might even just step out of its way if it's just running past me. Okay. And then I will cast uh, Ensnaring Strike. And then I will shoot a bow at the door frame um, at the very last skeleton that is running away. Um, And that is an 18 to hit.
0: That will hit. Roll some damage.
5: So that will do nine damage and then they will have ensnaring vines thorny vines um appears at the point of impact so it'll appear at the door there hopefully is kind of my idea okay and then they need to make a strength saving throw or be restrained until the spell ends
0: gotcha okay let me make that strength saving throw that is going to be a three they are ensnared they cannot move
5: and then it also does uh five extra damage
0: He is ensnared, and it's weird because he all of a sudden falls apart into pieces, but he's still stuck in place because of the ensnaring strike. As you have dealt more than 13 damage to this creature, this skeleton is no longer a threat.
5: Sick. And then Badger's going to take... I think, actually, if there's still that guy who's right in front of us, Badger is going to take his attack at that dude at 18 and a 14 to hit.
1: Those both hit, yeah.
0: 10 damage 10 damage And just like that This skeleton Is no longer turned But Is definitely In bad shape I mean the armor That was um, Already falling off of it um, In pieces Is now Pretty much gone Um, It's just basically Bone Standing there Holding a short sword Very good All right, after Badger's turn, it is Peter the Merchant. Peter the Merchant, seeing Badger um, dealing a ton of damage, is going to swipe out with his short sword in an attempt to take out the skeleton as well. Um, That is going to be a 14 to hit, which is going to hit, and it's going to deal a total of three damage, which is barely enough to destroy this skeleton. Now the skeleton in front of Bub has... Uh, Fallen to pieces There are now two skeletons left in this room One is right inside the doorway Still trying to run away from Bub The other one is right outside the doorway
1: And trying to get in Alright James, you're up Alright, so James is going to go ahead And uh, I've already used a ton of spell slots So I'm just going to go ahead and throw a firecracker That's only a A nine to hit though That will miss Okay, So it goes over and pops to the north of
0: it. <laughs> All right. We are going to have Ensley try one more time to cast Sacred Flame. Let's see this deck save for the skeleton. Uh, it finally hits. Um, Sacred Flame is going to deal 1d8 radiant damage, and that will be against the unturned uh, skeleton. That is going to be a total of one damage. Nice. All right. Um, that is going to bring us now to the skeleton's turn. The skeleton that has been turned, that is running through the doorway, is going to move past the um, skeleton that is trying to get in. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Back into the other chamber. And then the other one is going to come rushing in and get right into the mix. It has three targets to choose from. Spritz, Bub, or Norton. It is going to go for Spritz. Spritz, an attack is coming your way at a plus plus. Three to this roll. That's an 18. Is that going to hit you? That will hit, actually. Okay. That's going to be 7 slashing damage. Oh, I don't like you. But that is that skeleton's turn. It is now Norton's turn. He is going to swipe out at that skeleton that just hit you, Spritz. And That's going to only be an 11 to hit. That's going to miss. And Bub, it is your turn.
4: So Bub is going to uh, move around just to the north. Uh, so that he can hopefully see both of the skeletons. Okay. He's going to move his little brother's skull to the one that's fleeing. Okay. And attack that one. It's a 13 to hit. That will barely hit. For eight force damage. And that fleeing skeleton crumbles to dust. Okay. Bub pulls out a little tiny, uh, like, chime, and he casts it pulls for the has to make a dc13 wisdom save these guys are not wise they have a negative one to this roll Ooh, that's gonna be a three he rolled a four for three has he lost any health yes he has okay so i rolled the wrong dice it's supposed to be a 1d12 if they've lost anything okay <laughs> and i rolled worse <laughs> i rolled a <laughs> two on the d8 and a one on the d12 so one damage and that's my turn okay That is going to uh, end
0: your turn, and that brings us to Spritz. Spritz, there is one skeleton left standing, and it is right in front of you. It looks like it's barely hanging on um, with whatever crazy necrotic energy is keeping this thing together.
2: All right. I will turn around and yell out, yeah, and punch this thing too. All right. Oh, only a 10 to hit. And that will miss. And that's it.
0: Which will bring us now back around to the top of the initiative order. Uh, I will say here at the top of the order, Bub, from where you're standing, you can see slightly into the next chamber, but it's very, very dark in there. The light from any kind of lantern or torch does not get very far in, but you can see way down past there. You can actually see there is a light source. It looks to be coming through an open door at the far end of this chamber. Through it you can see um, what looks like maybe some bars like a, a, a gated off area and you can see that there is some kind of a symbol on the floor it looks like some effort has been put into uh, this chamber some rich materials have been used in the construction of this crypt and um, that is kind of what you see as you uh, look down uh, through this open doorway we are back to the top with jib jab jib jab one skeleton left what are you and badger going to do
5: Alright, right jib jab is going to take out their longbow and shoot at him for a seven to hit
0: that will miss
5: uh and badger's gonna go for a 14 to hit and then a 19 to hit
1: (laughs) both of those will hit
5: okay Uh, So that is going to do seven and two. So nine damage to that skeleton.
0: More than enough. This skeleton had three hit points left and it falls down in a pile, a heap of bones and armor and sword. And with that, we are going to cue victory music.
5: They just wanted another chance at life.
1: <laughs> Those guys seem to have misplaced their skin. Huh? 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 That was pretty bad, man. That was pretty bad. Sorry, sorry. Those guys seem to have misplaced their skin, bitches. You... Yeah. <laughs> nice!
4: You might be a skin skeleton if
0: here you guys stand in this chamber full of bones and uh, spider parts and webs with this open door on the west side of the room anyone can see through and can see that there is light far far away some some of you have dark vision and so you can see a little bit better you can see that in this next chamber it looks like it's a the similar to the chamber you're in right now but it's longer it looks like there are some pillars holding up the ceiling down here. There are spider webs as well. You can see that on the uh, on the north and south sides of this room, there are these same nooks full of bones and um, other scraps of armor. Um, as um, Peter moves into the room with his lantern, it illuminates a little bit better, and um, you can see at the far end definitely there is a door, and the door looks to be pushed open. Also, there is light coming from behind that door, not like a lantern or a candle, but like candles, plural. It looks like that room is completely illuminated.
1: Loida! Loida! This isn't a place for kids to play.
0: You can hear your voice echoing around you in this chamber. And it seems like the structure of this room dampens your voice. So people around you can hear but then as it gets away, it seems like you're quieter than you should be. And it also is
1: probably a relief for the people around me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was gonna say, and it also feels like um, maybe down here, maybe yelling is not the best option. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> as you move through this room, I want everyone who's coming into this room. Um, Ensley is following as well. Uh, Peter and Norton are coming in. Um, I'm guessing Badger is following. I want everyone to make um, perception checks. Anyone who does not have dark vision, I want you to make it with disadvantage.
1: But I have my dancing lights. Oh, you have your dancing lights. My juggling orbs. Yeah. Okay. Still concentrating on those.
5: Jib jab got a 12.
1: James got a 15. Bub got a 12 with disadvantage. And Spritz got a 13.
0: Okay as you are moving in i think um bob especially you're on high alert from uh what you witnessed upstairs but you and james at the same time both notice as you're moving further into this chamber towards that far door that is open with the light coming through it, you can see that someone has sprinkled leaves in a, uh, a semicircle around the door. Almost like a barrier. Similar to what Bub saw upstairs around the sarcophagus. That fake sarcophagus. Um, this, however, looks to be old and brittle, but they're still very, very green. Like, it's hard to tell how long these have been here, but some kind of power or magic has kept them green and full of vibrancy. But what Bub and James also notice is that right in the center of this semicircle of leaves, it looks like that semicircle has been broken. And you can see scattered some leaves um towards the door and it doesn't take too long before you figure out that whoever walked in here probably did not recognize that the leaves were there and they kicked it and broke this circle whatever this circle is
1: it looks like it's some kind of circle of significance though
5: that kid's in trouble we should probably go check it out
0: all right as you move towards the far end of this room and into the next chamber you can see this room is probably about 80 feet by 80 feet square. But as you enter the room, this first chunk of the room, um, from north to south, it's about 80 feet. But about 20 feet in, there is a wall that is dotted with bars, with like gates and a fence keeping people out. Um, you can see that there are doorways in this gate, and one of those doorways is open. As you look through this, fence this gate you can see on the far side is a large chamber you see there is a sarcophagus in the center of this chamber with some kind of a ball like relief uh, sculpture um, on the top of this sarcophagus you can see that there are two altars one to either side of the sarcophagus one looks like it's bearing weapons it looks like you can see a sword you can see a mace you can see a um like a polearm. And on the other altar, you see a shield, you see a helmet, you see a suit of armor. All of these look incredibly well made, inlaid with gems and jewels and gold. You can see insignia's ancient heraldry is built into the armor that you don't right off recognize. Um, you can see that the the relief sculpture on the top of the sarcophagus is incredibly well carved you can see that here in this first chamber um, there are these two um, candles on candle holders that are about four feet tall big thick candles and they are glowing brightly you see that on the altars in the other part of this room this other chamber where the sarcophagus is those altars also have candles that are lit and bathing this whole area in this light you can see clearly, but there are shadows dancing as these candles flicker and dance. You see also that there are a couple of paintings that are stacked up against the wall and they have been torn and withered with age. You can't quite make out from here what is on those paintings, but most importantly, you see standing next to the sarcophagus, which itself is also surrounded by a ring of green leaves. You see Loida, this young girl who the last time you saw her was staring at the cave with some kind of wonder. You see her staring at the sarcophagus as she is placing a hand on the top of it.
1: Loida, back up, back up.
0: That's a great way to invite a curse. She looks back at you and before anyone can do
1: anything, I just want you guys to make perception or insight checks. I'm not good at either. Let's call it. A, oh, 15, not bad. Bob got a six insight.
5: Jib Jab got a 17 perception.
1: And Spritz got a 14 insight. Jib Jab,
0: and James, as you look at Loida as she turns to you, especially you, James. I think you saw her a lot. She would come to watch your show. You see, she looks at you and her eyes are wide and sad and tears are rolling down her cheeks. And they are not her eyes. I mean, they're her eyes, but she's not looking at you the way that she always did before. You can tell James and Jib-Jab something has possessed her and the eyes are not her own. If anyone wants to try to do anything, she is now reaching towards the sarcophagus and has her hand on the edge.
1: James is going to, with the... Oh, geez. With the glowing juggling orbs out, James is going to start juggling and say, Llorida, Llorida, you don't want to touch that. Come on, look come, come have fun with me. You're still in there somewhere. And I'm going to attempt to cast Charm Person to see if I can't battle whatever's possessing her. Probably a long shot, but I also don't want to throw a firecracker at her.
5: I think uh, as James is doing that, jab, will reluctantly take their dagger and try to throw it sort of um, either at her hand or like close enough to her hand to stop her.
0: Okay. Why don't you make an attack roll?
5: That's a 17 to hit.
0: Jeez. And you're trying to startle her, or you're trying to hit her?
5: Yeah, I mean, if I gotta hit her, I gotta hit her. Like, I, you know, whatever you gotta do, but preferably not, like, maimer. Roll damage. Uh, so that is uh, 8 damage.
0: 8 damage. With that 8 damage, as you hurl this dagger at her, you all watch as this young girl, standing there with her hand on the sarcophagus, this dagger tumbling through the air. Eight damage to her tiny frame. The dagger sticks right into her chest. Oh jeez. And she looks at you, Jib Jab, still with tears flowing down her, her face. And she looks back over at you, James. You see before the knife hits actually, you see a flicker of recognition, and then instantly you see shuts off. And her eyes are not her own again. As she rolled a one for her wisdom save, but some sort of legendary resistance took over. As she puts her hand on the lid of the sarcophagus and pushes. And it's amazing. Her body is tiny. There's a dagger sticking out of her chest. She should not be able to do what she is doing. And with one hand, she pushes the entire lid of the sarcophagus off as all of a sudden wind starts whipping around this room. Candles start dancing even more. Suddenly, as you are standing there, you see two figures rise up next to the altars. They are dead, but they are more alive than the skeletons you saw before. They are wearing armor, carrying swords. They are armored in some kind of ancient armor, and they look at you as... Suddenly, there is screaming of wind. Light starts blasting out in bursts from inside the sarcophagus as these two armored figures reach down into the sarcophagus. And all of a sudden, the candles go out. And your eyes all open as all four of you wake up from the worst dream you have ever had. Sitting up from this bed in this small servant's room, we see a very attractive elf reach over to grab for a sword and a book as he wakes up from this nightmare. Across town, we see this gray-skinned, purple-haired deep gnome sit up and look for what is attacking him as this dream was so real. In the inn nearby, we see an older man sit up reaching for a bag full of vials and flasks as he reaches in and pulls out a small vial and drinks it to calm his nerves after such a terrible, terrible dream. And in a room nearby, we see a small gnome wake up with a start, look around the room, and then begin taking nice, calming breaths as she paces her room to calm her beating heart. All four of you wake up in this small town of Barograd. And all four of you, unbeknownst to each other, just shared the same dream. And you all have traveled Across this this land known as Via Severia, and one thing that each of you can't shake is Oak Road. Where's Oak Road? You've never heard of it. Welcome to Via Severia, home to the fearful, superstitious, and distrustful. Within her savage forests, the unsettling cries of man-eating beasts fill the night air. Within her lowlands. Putrid bogs and sunken marshes house dangers that the locals fear to even describe. Along her highways and dirt roads, the lone traveler rarely makes their destination. Convoys and caravans provide the numbers needed to keep the knight's predators at bay, most of the time. Though Via Severia has a monarch, it is a kingdom split into eight, ruled by barons and baronesses with one notable exception, a single barony governed by the high acolyte of the Church of Aeona. Though the arcane arts are generally feared here, the Church of Aeona, the Eternal Flame, has taken it further, declaring a crusade against any and all who practice forbidden magics. Punishment is ruthlessly meted out by the Church's inquisitorial force, colloquially known as the Lamplighters. Those magically inclined who cannot trace their powers to one of the few approved sources must practice extreme caution or risk finding themselves on the pyre. This is the world where we find ourselves when, far to the northwest within the Alaron Barony in a town called Barograd, Four individuals, strangers to each other, all awake from a shared dream of a storm and a crypt and a child. A nightmare of a place called Oak Road. And that's where we're going to stop for tonight. Jeez. Welcome to Campaign 2, as next time we get together We introduce your characters.
1: Sabrina stabbed a kid in the chest. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you
0: guys. Well, thank you for playing tonight. It was a lot of fun. I'm super excited to see what comes here in Campaign Two, the Chorus of the Forsaken. Don't forget, we have a Discord. You can come chat with us. Also, we do have our Patreon. We have some things on there as well as I will be keeping a a new wiki up to date for this next campaign. And I'll be streaming again on Twitch at some point very, very soon. Anyway, until we get together next time, I hope you have a great time.